Hello and welcome back to a special episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet, brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning, where we lift the lid on the world of financial advice, providing some insight for those already in the industry and anyone thinking of a new career. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones and today we're bringing you a special episode focusing on why mothers, like myself, make excellent financial advisors. The Quilter Financial Advisors School has seen more and more mothers who either want a change in career or to get back into work after some time out. And we want to make financial planning an option for others thinking about doing the same. You'll hear from existing female financial advisors on the job itself and how they balance it with motherhood, from a behavioral economist on the personality traits you need to succeed, and from the head of Quilter's Financial Advisor School on the next steps you need to take to start your career. First, though, we hear from behavioural economist Mark Pitaccio on the sort of traits desirable in a financial advisor. There's a concept in psychology and personality psychology called the big five. And, and we may, we, we, our personalities obviously vary, but there are, there are five um, o- overarching concepts, if you like. And all, all our personality traits go into one of these big five. And these are extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, the uh, openness to change, uh, and, and also uh, our neuroticism or our emotional stability, uh, if you like. And so we measure advisors across these five traits and very much expected extroversion to be the highest one um, based on the, the, the perception that, that, that of, of advisors are, are, are often given. And we just, like I said, we just found that that, that, is, that, it, that is, isn't the case. Um, it was conscientiousness that was the highest behavioural trait. So people, advisors work very, very hard for their clients. And they are actually, they work quite cautiously with them as well. And like I said, the ability to adapt to, to change was something that came through as well. It's really interesting, this concept of conscientiousness and, and having a conscience. I mean, should we be surprised about some of the results of your, of your research? And should we, should we be surprised that there are actually lots more women who are very interested in getting into this line of work? Well, the, the interesting thing is, following the initial research, we've now embarked on a much larger piece of research. And uh, we were running some data actually just last weekend for nearly 500 advisors. And luckily, Luckily, we've we've managed to secure responses from a lot more women this time than we did in the first research. And the interesting thing is that agreeableness has now started to go up the scale quite quite significantly. And when we actually compared the uh, women and the men who were who were operating in the financial advice sphere, agreeableness was far higher amongst uh, the women advisors than it was the male advisors. So actually, uh, at the end of this piece of research, we may find that agreeableness as a behavioural trait is shown to be far higher than it was previously, when I have to say the vast majority of people that we did speak to were, were men. But it's interesting, actually, that this, this, there are certainly the research would suggest that if we could attract a lot more women to the profession, I think it would certainly be a far a far better place. And I think uh, I, I certainly think uh, certain clients would, would certainly benefit from, from engaging with women advisors. So with traits such as conscientiousness and agreeableness in mind, we now hear from three female financial advisors on what the role itself is like and how they balance the job with being a mum. I spoke to Louise Strutt, who once wanted to be a civil engineer, but is now director at Simpatico Financial Planning. Heather Owen, who graduated with a degree in English, now a planner for Quilter Private Client Advisors. 
and Jessica McGuigan, who left school at 17, became a mother at 19, but found financial planning through an initial six-week temp contract in the postroom, now a planner at Critchley's Financial Planning. And Heather, yeah. what about you, though? Have you have you found it intimidating at any point, or is it just something that, that as everyone else has said, that, that actually clients... Some, in many cases, prefer to have a female touch um, when they're when they're dealing with you, um, and they would prefer to go to you rather than perhaps a male colleague. Yeah, I think so. Um, exactly as Jess has just said, there are two sides to it. So you've got the almost the behind the scenes as far as the client's concerned. You've got in the office and you've got at conferences, um, and that is very different to sitting in front of a client um, where actually they appreciate having somebody who they perhaps feel they can automatically empathise with a bit more or have the automatic trust with. Um, I don't think it's true to say that women automatically have more empathy and are able to build more trust with clients. I think men can definitely do that just as well. But I think being a female just means that you've got that automatic um, in with a client who's looking for that kind of touch, um, which, which can just be an extra bonus, I think. But I think if the client obviously you have to be able to back that up as well in your conversations and what you can produce for a client but just having that automatic perception um i think is an advantage that we can use to our advantage i'm curious about um family life and i say this uh with a certain amount of trepidation because uh i wouldn't necessarily talk to men about family life but but given the fact that um, unfortunately in 2020 a lot of uh, the domesticity uh, role falls still to women um, then I, I want to ask you all if I may about how you balance work and family and um, Louise I think you've got three three young young boys god no I haven't I've got one I would hate to have three. <laughs> oh my goodness me my my mistake my mistake well one but it probably feels like three, feels like three. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling I've got one as well um, uh, how do you then balance being a mum and also uh, working in financial advice and is it actually quite a good balance for those people who are for those women listening who are thinking this might be for me but I've still got to get the kids to school or whatever it might be or homeschool through pandemic times how do you do it um can I say alcohol or, or not no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no joking aside I mean I think the it's changing um, I think we are starting to get better balance um, and and it is a job that really you you can work around there's there's no doubt about that I had my son 10 years ago um, I'd only had my practice at that point for about three and a half years um, so I had him and had three weeks maternity leave and that was it he was back in the office with me um, and my clients adapted to that very well. In fact, quite often I would take them out on meetings and my clients were actually delighted that there was something else in the room that was more exciting than financial planning. So they picked up my game on the chat. But I think it's um, it's definitely changing, but there's, there's a lot more needs to be done. Um, but you can have a good work-life balance. Jessica, what do you think uh, might be needed in terms of further change to encourage more women at whatever stage of their, their, their life they are into this industry? Um, I think it just it needs to be more sort of heavily promoted of, of how um, how flexible working can work in this profession. Um, I, I was saying to the ladies before, um, in the sense of clients, I, I, tr I try and invite clients into my life as much as they invite me into their life. So I like them knowing that I have a young son and, and you know, and I, and I like them knowing that I, I sort of work work around it all. And if anything, I feel like that that also um, clients like that. They, they like to know that we're we're people as well, and, and they like to know that we have we have lives and 
I think for, for me, one of the main appeals is is that I can I can I, I like to talk to my clients sort of when when they need me to, but them also know that I have a child. People coming into the profession and understanding that you know it, it's not a typical nine to five. You you can really work around it I think is really important especially when it comes to um, people say with young children. There's yeah. so many pressures aren't there in the in daily life and not least with homeschooling as we've seen over the course of the pandemic but also I mean just having to pick children drop them off and pick them up from school yeah. at, at sort of three o'clock in the afternoon I mean that's that's in the middle of the working day for most people so yeah. there's a huge amount of pressure and I'm wondering whether you would all encourage women listening to this podcast perhaps with children or with caring responsibilities that just say you can it, you can be flexible enough with your work so if you need to do a pickup at three it's okay because you can carry on working at 7 p.m if you need to once the kids are asleep yeah. or once your responsibilities elsewhere are finished with is it that flexible yeah it can be absolutely mm. it's um it's totally flexible um Seven o'clock, though, I think try to We're flexible, but we're busy. <laughs> but, but, but you can fit it in, and that's the thing. And I think it, what's really important as well is what, what Jess is saying. Um, you know, in terms of your qualifications, they're part and parcel of our job. You can't hide from them. We've got to do them. And even once you've done your qualification, it's not enough. Things change, you know, every six months, and we've got to be able to adapt. To that very very quickly so the continuous development of our skills is you know that that's until you literally retire um and and you have to build all of that in too so i think the the flexibility with being able to continue to learn the flexibility of meeting your clients most of our clients are working nine to five too actually the majority of my clients prefer an evening meeting still um, and you can be flexible enough. I would say it's actually worked better in lockdown than it does mm. normally, um, because actually probably being at home or being close to home, wherever your office is, is, um, is giving us more of a, an ability to do the things during the day that we'd normally be cramming in two hours, shouting at the kids, trying to get them to bed, getting the school uniform ready, and you're, you're in the middle of doing an IHT report. So actually, I think it's given us a little bit more of a structure because there's less travel time, there's less stress there, but certainly... As a female in this industry, it's as flexible as you want it to be. And you really are in control of your day. And you can fit that around kids, whether you've got support or not. Yeah, it does seem from the outside looking in, from my perspective, it does seem that there's so many campaigns out there for flexible working. They've been going on for years and years and years. And this is one industry that has uh, arguably benefited hugely from mm -hmm. lockdown and the like and in, in showing that this is a really good solution to, to that. Um, uh, Jess, let's come to you then. Would, would you recommend this industry to other, to other women who are listening? Oh, 100%. Like I said, I, I started out um, five years ago in um, in the post room and I haven't looked back since and every every day I get to meet new different people and it just makes me fall in love with it more and more and more so yeah, yeah. Heather to you yeah definitely it's definitely the kind of job where you get out of it what you put into it um, so I mean that financially so there's opportunity to earn really well which I think um, obviously is an important factor for men and women um, exactly as Louise said as well it's there's nothing stagnant about this job it's changing um every week every day you're watching the headlines you're watching the economic news um you've got budgets coming out you've got the the bar for the qualifications that you need to hold is is always going up it's only ever going in one direction um so it means that you're constantly learning constantly keeping on what's going on 
Um, and so in terms of how far you want to take your career, how, um, how qualified you want to become, how much you want to earn, how much flexibility you want, you can make it, you can turn it into what you want from it as, as far or as, as little as you want that. And Heather, you, you work for Quilter, um, but I'm, I'm wondering how Quilter Financial Planning has sort of has, has supported you or helped you along the way in your career personally. Yeah, so I wouldn't have a <laughs> I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Quilter because um, I I joined Quilter through their financial advisor school. So um, my my whole experience in this industry prior to being obviously a tech advisor, um, but in this industry I've been employed by Quilter. Um, I've been through my level four training with Quilter. I'm now going through my level six training with Quilter, um, and so what that means, I suppose my insight into the industry um i've never been self-employed i've not had to kind of fight against the 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 men in the gray suits and the pinstripes and that sort of thing i've probably been in a really fortunate position actually um to my my first steps in the industry have been really i think really inclusive um really really encouraging i know my colleagues male and female colleagues who have had experience they've been around in the industry since the 80s since the 90s they've been through this scandal they've been through that scandal misselling this sort of thing um not that they've been doing any of that obviously but they've they've been around the industry you know as it's been through so many different evolutions um and been employed by different companies um and have all said actually they find that where they are now is a very very um inclusive supportive environment so um it's really good for me and just briefly uh to, to to end this episode because we are rapidly running out of time as we always seem to be with these uh these conversations um I, one piece of advice that you would give to women uh considering a career in financial advice uh, jess let's come to you first what one piece of advice would you offer um probably just be yourself i think that um as mentioned earlier um trying to sort of be someone you um, someone you're not trying to overcomplicate things um a lot of the time advisors have a tendency to sort of use all their knowledge um they've known to try and big themselves up and, and i think just just being yourself and just getting to know people and just people will trust you and people will come to you and and just enjoy it really. authenticity that's yeah, key i guess perfect <laughs> um, heather yeah, I think I would suggest that women um, do some research before they um, before they get into the industry, before before they take that first step, which a lot of women probably will anyway. But I think um, from the outside, it, it, people can have certain assumptions about the industry or the role or what's involved. That goes for individuals looking to join the industry. It goes for clients, goes for the public, goes for everything. So I would say do some re- research. Um, if you can, maybe speak to existing financial planners so they could probably do that by reaching out to the financial advisor school asking if they can be put in touch with somebody or um even just on linkedin you know just sending a message i'm interested in doing this would like to have some personal experience um just so that when you join you understand what the role really is rather than what you maybe think it is what your preconception is If now you're thinking that, in fact, financial planning could be for you and want to know the next steps, we hear from head of the Quilter Financial Advisor School, Julian Hintz, on where to start and what you can expect. Okay, so if you are interested in taking the next steps, what we look for is your ability to um, interact with 
other people. Uh, this is a people business. You're providing solutions for people with many different backgrounds. So what we ask you to do once you've registered your interest is just um, just set a few tests for us. And so we're looking at your numerical literacy and cognitive skills. And we just benchmark those against uh, what a financial planner looks like. You will then be enrolled onto one of our courses. We run four cohorts a year for our level four diploma. And that's in March, in June, in August and November. Those courses each last 30 weeks and they are all remote. So they are all run remotely. So we try and provide you with as much flexibility in terms of learning at your own pace to fit in around other commitments that you might have. So really most important thing to do is just um, enter the Course of Financial Advisors School on your search engine and follow the instructions there in terms of registering your interest. And there's lots of other information, outlines of all of the programs, etc. there. And we're always here to answer any questions that you might have.